welcome to Conversations with Dwyer. I'm Matt Dwyer. This is a music podcast. And speaking of music, that song that played me in is entitled Meta Meta. It is by L1011, and it is from their new EP, New Year's Eve, and that is out on Joyful Noise. You can get links to that and buy it on their band camp in the show notes. And my guest today is Christian Dunn and Tim Fogarty, who are from the band. And what's uh, crazy about this episode is that uh, I, it's two people. I always interview one person from a band, never two, and in this instance, the entire band, because it's a two-person band. But uh, I initially, I think I was going to interview Christian, and then they were like, Tim can do it. And I was like, fuck it, let's do two people. Why the fuck not? And it's a lot more loose, and uh, I don't know, it's a really great episode. I would say it allowed for a little bit more looseness and joking around. And I'm all for that shit. I like fucking around. Uh, and it's, uh, there's a probably 30 minutes of this episode that you didn't get to hear on the old apps. But if you become a Patreon subscriber at themattdwire.com, $5 a month gets you all the bonus episodes and the extra content and blogs and all kinds of shit. How about that for marketing? <laughs> and all kinds of shit. Uh, go to themattdwire.com, become a Patreon subscriber, $5 a month, all kinds of bonuses. Also, <clears throat> excuse me, at themattdwire.com, I have a consulting page. So if you want to start a podcast and you need it edited, I can edit your podcast for you. Or if you have a loose idea for a podcast and you need to expand it or flush it out, I can help you do that. I can help you bring it to life and all the steps you need to do to get your podcast out in the world. And I've worked and consulted and created with people like David Keckner, a.k.a. Todd Packard, Rick Rubin, Adam McKay, you name it, I've worked with them. I got a long list of fucking names I can drop, all right? So if you need help building your podcast, please go to themattthewire.com. And if you need a website, for your podcast or for whatever the fuck else you want to do in the world, if it's music, acting, or you want to be a politician and lie to people, you can get a website built at kellyardwire.com. That's my partner in life, and she builds websites as well as she's a great photographer. But she does my website, she does my favorite murder, she does ologies, she does all kinds of websites. So go to kellyardwire.com, get your fucking website. That's my <laughs> that's my advertising. Get your fucking website. Don't be a dipshit. Get a fucking website. And get a fucking podcast. It's a lot of fucks I've dropped. Um, so I think that's it. Go to the show notes, all things L1011. They're, they've been around for 20 years, if you can believe it. But uh, So they have quite the plethora of music that you could purchase and stream. But be sure to buy some. Don't just stream. Buy it and then stream it. Give them double the bank. Give them double the money. I feel like I'm forgetting to plug something, but I don't know. You could tell your friends about the show. That helps me, too. If you can't become a Patreon subscriber, just say, hey, just yell out of your car window. Hey, Bob, or whatever your name is, guy on the street, listen to Conversations with Dwyer. He talks to really cool music people. Anyway, we're going to get on with my conversation with Tim and Christian from L1011. I was trying to equate it to local shitty beer, so what... 
Iron City is my local shitty. Oh beer. yeah, I had I, I had a beer can collection when I was a kid. So, <laughs> so I had. Did I. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Because they would put the Steelers on the yeah. beer cans of the Iron City, like the whole team photo on the beer can, and I would collect all those. Yeah, that was like seventy nine, eighty ish. Yeah, and my dad would crack the beers from the bottom. Somehow he had like a little thing that, and he would crack the beers from the bottom and drink them, so the top still was uncracked. Yeah. Well, that's pretty. Why like, what, a, do that? what a gentleman <laughs> drinking beers from the bottom just so I could have a beer can collection. And he wanted oh. an alcoholic. <laughs> I know. That's what the weird thing was. Like, it was like it was just promoting alcoholism. Yeah, totally. Totally. It's like the coolest thing in the world, but it's just like, wow. And like, such a such a fucking enabler. Your your beer can collection and your candy cigarettes. You were just ready for the totally. the veterans hall. Yep. <laughs> I would smoke cigarettes if I could. I just get sick every time I smoke them. I can't, or I would. I had um. I don't know if you know this, Tim. I had a huge beer bottle collection when I was a teenager. Oh, I had some really good ones too. Like anytime someone I knew was going to another country or something, I'd be like, "Get me, bring me back a beer bottle." Oh shit! So I have weird ones. Yeah, weird like. From Israel or from Mexico or never had Israeli beer. Were they full? Mm-mm. I wish. But you know, how did you get rid of them? Here. Like, I wonder where my beer. Like, I wonder how we decided to like. That's it. That's enough of that. And you just threw them all away. Yeah, like, they they all went in the recycling bin. I didn't know. I, I wanted to sell it, but this was back before um, like eBay or anything like that. I just I didn't know what else to do, so I ended up just throwing them away. It was it's a shame. I had a lot. You actually remember throwing them away? See, I yeah. don't remember what happened to my beer tank. Like. I, don't, I have no idea what happened. I don't beer. either. You had a collection too? Yeah, yeah. And my grandfather owned bars and stuff. And then we would go... Oh. In Chicago? Yeah, he owned a bar. Oh, damn, dude. Kind of near Wrigley Field. Oh. And he, like, I was five and he was, like, letting me drink. <laughs> <laughs> my, my brother got drunk, apparently. My uncles got him drunk when he was a fucking kid, like in diapers as a kid. And they were just laughing and my mom was so pissed. Apparently, I don't remember it. I don't even know if I was around at the time. But yeah, I guess I was. But he, uh, <laughs> my, my uncles got my brother drunk. Yeah, I would, I would go stay with my grandfather who, when he retired, he'd like moved north and lived on a lake and we'd go fishing and he'd let me have old style and Damn. Wow. And take me to bars? Like, you couldn't, like, if I took my kid to a bar now, I'd, like, they, they would take yeah. my kids away. <laughs> like, they would take yeah, them. Right. Give it a shot. See what happens. <laughs> yeah, give them a little kitty cocktail and uh, see what happens. I do remember going to bars, too. What was the kitty cocktail that had a cherry in it? Like a Tom Collins or something? That's, uh, no, Tom Collins. Or is Shirley Temple? Shirley Temple, yeah. Shirley Temple, yeah. yeah. I think. Tom there was a man version. Of there was a boy version of the Shirley Temple. I forget what it was. Like where you didn't have to order a Shirley Temple. But I remember going to like Red Lobster and getting Shirley Temples and thinking I was a badass. Yeah. <laughs> but I used to hit my dad's. He, he used to drink whiskey sours. He would make whiskey sours with crushed up ice written in the blender, and that was like a slush to me. And I would, anytime he turned his back, I would hit it, and it was so good. But I didn't realize what whiskey was or whatever. I just knew. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my grand, my parents had like a liquor cabinet and I would see like in the westerns everybody do shots. So I, as a kid when they would go to bed I'd get up and do whiskey shots. Wow. <laughs> I mean it, like little ones but I was like, "Oh, I got to get good at this," which is a fucking crazy thought for a kid to have. It is. <laughs> but apparently you got pretty good at it. It shows you how much of an influence those like our TV shows and films and stuff mm-hmm. actually have, you know. 
Yeah. I remember jumping off. I used to watch the Warner Brothers cartoons like everybody did our age. And I actually jumped off our roof with an open umbrella because I thought it would work like a. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you got to test this to make sure it doesn't work. I think I tried that too, but not from the roof, but definitely from up high. (laughs) Yeah. It was not good. I mean, I was all right, but I I think I hurt my ankle. Where were my parents? <laughs> like, my, I don't know. Our generation, there were just weren't parents around. We were just on our own to do I whatever. No, my brother used to like throw firecrackers at me and shit. And my parents were just—I don't know what the fuck was going on. <laughs> yeah, seriously. But we became creative, and that, so we should be grateful. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's all good. We didn't have the internet. All we had was pong. Yeah, like, we didn't have cable or any of that stuff. No. How would how Well, this was a great interview. <laughs> so far, this is fucking my favorite interview of all time, actually. So when did you move to hard drugs? That's what I... Uh, <laughs> my brother, I remember saying I would never do drugs to one of my friends in grade school. Like, I will never do drugs. And we, like, kind of made a pact. It was like the Nancy Reagan era, I imagine. Probably. Oh, yeah. So that's how it was on my mind. But I'd never even seen drugs at the time. So it was just like, I'm never going to do drugs. Also, I've never seen them. So <laughs> um, <laughs> no one's offering them. <laughs> see, I had, I came, I had four older brothers and two were dealers. So I, <laughs> oh, wow. So I grew up around pot. So that didn't seem like a thing. And I think I smoked that in fifth grade. And then my Ooh, other brother early. moved on to dealing Coke. And I just, I did that in high school. So it was like, but it was like the same thing as booze. It was like, oh, it's around. It doesn't mean anything. (laughs) Right. (laughs) You got started early. Seriously. I, I, yeah, I don't think I even saw weed until maybe senior year or something. Wow. I swear. Yeah, I don't think I'm not even sure that I even smoked any. First time I tried blow, I was in my late 20s or early 30s. You should have grown up white trash. In the golden age of blow. Yeah, I wasn't white trash. <laughs> I was, <Suburban>. so. <laughs> but in, did you grow up in San Francisco proper? Mm-mm. Suburbs. So very safe, boring, you know, white, uh, middle class. There was lots of pot around. I remember that. Some some kids were doing shrooms and, and um, acid occasionally. Like some of my friends did acid. I was too scared. <laughs> uh, I still am. But uh, yeah, it was very, what would seem to me a very normal, you know, adolescence. Right. Tim, was you, were you in Pittsburgh proper? Yeah. Uh, not like downtown or anything. Same, same like suburbs. Like was it, were you, was it middle class, working class? Pretty much, yeah. Middle class. Just uh, went to like a, Catholic grade school, still fucking best friends with all the people that I went like wow. met in first grade and shit. Yeah, so yeah, me too. Just, uh, just yeah, just like a, a, I don't know. I had a cool window of people and like where I was and and the people that were around at the time. Like, I'm glad I wasn't a year ahead or a year behind because like I don't know, lucked out. But yeah, just in, in like suburbs. Wow, that's wild. Riding bikes around playing street hockey, you know. Was hockey big in Pittsburgh? For me, it was. Yeah, like uh, me and all my friends. That was that was like our thing. It was hockey, you know, and football and shit like that. But but mostly, like everyone was good at hockey. So. 
I couldn't fathom being friends with anybody I grew up with. <laughs> really? Man, dude, I, I'm literally still best friends with like first grade kids I grew up with. I've had yeah, people reach out to me on social media and I'm like, I have no fucking idea who you are. <laughs> wow. I'm like that with, with most people, you know, like the way through high school and stuff. I mean, that's not necessarily true. I, I probably have 20 really fucking good friends that I've grown up with all from Pittsburgh or whatever. Um, not so, not all from like first grade, but yeah, like it's I don't know, just not, like I said, I I fucking lucked out because my brother's not the same. Like his friends aren't like these lifelong diehards like the way we are, and uh, so yeah, like I just kind of lucked out. Like I, and I, we all knew it. I think at the time, like we were all just like, man, this is fucking pretty special. Like what we got going here. Like just the fact that we're all still together, and you know, and we just pick up right where we left off every time we get together. Was that the same for you, Christian? Yeah. Yeah. My, one of my best friends I met in kindergarten, my other best friend I met in sixth grade when he moved to our town. Um, another one I met literally when we were babies, our, our moms used to walk us together. That's <laughs> kind of went off. The, off the <laughs> track, you know, he ended up going to the prison and stuff. So, but, um, so I'm not, it, it's, it's like, then we reconnected and things were cool, but I think he's fallen off the wagon and I don't hear from him anymore. But anyway, but yeah, it's still those guys still, I text the, the guy from sixth grade. I text with him almost every day. Wow. I probably text with him more than my wife. <laughs> well, I've heard conversations he's had with him. That's ridiculous. You can tell they go back to fucking first grade. It's <laughs> really wild. <laughs> and I know we're kind of like all of the same generation. So like what were, what was the music that you were getting at that age? Cause like I was like, it was very much classic rock radio. And I saw an interview. You guys were talking about like getting records on record clubs, which was, which I almost forgot. Oh about. yeah. Which I did yeah. the same thing where I would just like order them and I was like, I'm a kid, come get me. <laughs> yeah, I, I was too scared to scam. Like, I, I should have. Like, I had friends that were like, fuck it, I'm scamming them. I'm, I'm not buying, you know, five at the regular club prices. Fuck them. I'm just sending in my penny and getting records. And I'm like, really? You're going to do that? Like, isn't that going to be on your record? <laughs> <laughs> on your and, record. Uh, so I never did it. But I, I mean, I did it, but I never scammed them. Like, I, I, I ended up buying full price fucking vinyl. Uh, but yeah, I, I remember, man, I remember so many times tearing off, like, I, I feel like at one point, I forget where I would get them, like in the mail, maybe there were stamps, like, like postage stamps with yeah. record covers and I'd rip them off, lick them, stick them, and then never send it in. Just like, ah. Do I really want to be on the hook for five fucking records <laughs> and just never send it in? And then I'd be like, ah, I don't know, Archers of Love. Do I really want this shit? Like, or whoever the fuck, some random thing that I had heard that was probably supposed to be cool or something. And I'm like, ah, I'm going to give it a go. Send this shit in. It's funny. And, uh, oh, sorry. Yeah. I just, you said such a thing from my childhood where he's like, oh, I don't want it to go on my record. <laughs> <laughs> Everything is going to go on your record. Now my record's fucking destroyed. So I, if that shit still existed, I would be scamming everybody. I'd be sending them in in Christian's name. I'd be sending pennies in all over the place. Oh yeah. That was a scam we did in my twenties where remember when they had all the, uh, long distance carriers. And so we would just make up fake names and social security numbers and just keep switching long distance carriers. Oh, that's a good one. And same with the, like my catch up to you soon, dude. <laughs> you're not, in, you're not in the clear. I'm telling you. So I should edit that out. Yeah. You should edit that out. <laughs> you're definitely listening. 
<laughs> did you find that like that you had a like a already like an attraction or a draw towards music or was that something that developed later i was always I into music like my dad was in the sports and i mean i was always in the sports and stuff like that but me, neither of my parents were into music but somehow my brother got like this genius gene where he was he would go to church and we would come back and he would play literally play every song on an organ that we had in our bedroom. And I was just like, what the fuck? What? Wow. And I remember like playing, like, I remember I learned the, the, the whatever jingle songs to Frogger. <laughs> I was like, Oh my God, it's, it's Frogger. And then he's like, and I showed my brother thinking, I'm like, he's going to like, he's going to be so impressed. And he's like, Oh yeah, but it's down here. And he was, I was like a couple key, I was in the wrong key. And I was like, how the fuck does he know? He's not even listening to it. How the fuck does he know that? And uh, so somehow I just, I don't know, tried to like osmosis some of his skills and just I, literally I got a drum set when I was like 12, 13, never played drums before. Didn't really know how to set it up, sat down and played it and then was just doing whatever nonsense. And he sat down and played a beat. And I'm like, dude, how do you know how to play drums? Like, where did you see drums before? And he just could hear it and knew how to play it. That's I mean, it was crazy. crazy. I don't know. And he is a real estate appraiser. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, what the fuck? I don't know. I don't know how that happened. I would just listen to him and like he, he was into cool music, you know, like when I was listening to stupid music, he'd be listening to Emerson like in Palmer or something. And I'm like, oh, yes, or whatever, like <laughs> real music. Making fun of the crap I listened to. Did you, uh, Do you think he had perfect pitch? I don't know. Probably not Because I would hear him Suck at piano Like taking piano lessons And stuff like that But um, okay. I don't think so Maybe What was your first drum kit Do you remember Yeah it was It was Blue Sparkle and I, and I remember I have no idea what it was Like That that killed me Because I would like research Min magazines and stuff There was no internet at the time And it would say Like there's There's a A badge on It would tell you what kind of drums and there was no badge there was no nothing anywhere and i couldn't and it would it drove me crazy i'm like what drums are these i have no idea they don't say ludwig i think they were slingerland but they were blue sparkle and it was just a bass drum one tom and a snare drum that's oh, wow. that was that was the setup very similar a, a rack tom or a floor rack tom, tom. no floor tom a rack tom and uh that was it and a set of hi-hats that's how i started and then i just kind of uh I feel like I stole a symbol from somewhere. <laughs> like maybe my school or something. And that got me started. <laughs> That's like my first, I had a blue sparkle. I think that was the thing. I don't know why, but I was like, I have to have a blue sparkle drum yeah, set. Yeah, it was great. And I ended up painting it white. I remember because my stepbrother bought concert toms for me and they were white. And I'm like, well, shit's got a match. Wow. <laughs> and I, so I had two concert toms, that tom, and I painted them. And a friend of mine A friend of mine Had a fucking I'm trying to remember What brand they were But they were I think they were Rogers actually And they were Black felt Drums And I remember Like staying at his house One time And they were in his closet Like we were just Fucking around Or something Maybe like, I forget what we were doing And I was like Dude you have drums Like Can I have these Like why are they In your closet He's like sure And I took that And then like Kind of meshed A set together Of black felt Felt They were like felt You could feel them And they were like furry Rogers drums and my blues sparkle slingerlands, which I can't remember if they were painted at the time. I think maybe I just painted them all. I think I took the black felt off and just painted all of them. Did you feel the need to have I had a match? I was such an idiot, huh? Did you feel the need to have one of those big giant Neil Pert sets? 
No, I was never into Neil Peart, actually. Like, I wasn't into Rush. Like, all the dudes that liked Rush in my high school sucked. So I just, I just made a fucking point to not like Rush. Like, I was just like, fuck Rush. I know the drummer was great, but fuck Rush. Like, just because those guys suck. Yeah, I saw them when <laughs> I was 13, and I was I was stoned out of my fucking mind, and I was bored. Like, I was, I'm like, I'm 13, I'm high as fuck, and you're still boring me. <laughs> yeah, I got into Rush in college, and it was like the... The cheesy 80s, like, uh, what was the fucking... Like, hold your fires. Yeah, like, he had a braid, he had a fucking ponytail braid. Neil Peart in, uh, what was the fucking song? It was like, a, a kind of, a, he played electronic drums in it, too. Wow. I don't know. Uh, that would have been later. It was like, it was, it was like 89 or something like that. 88, 89. Oh. What the fuck was it? Uh, Power Windows? Probably. Oh, yeah. Wow, you know. What was the big song off that? I can't remember right now. It wasn't Time Stand Still. That might have been on, on it, but it was like... Yeah, uh, that, I think that was a little earlier. That Tom was still, Sawyer was Permanent Waves, I think. Yeah, so it was after Tom Sawyer. It was... Uh, um, no, that's movie. Oh, <laughs> Big Money Rolls Around the World! That was that one, Big Money. That was the one yeah, I was like, oh, shit! I got, that's how I got into fucking Rush. Okay. And I think probably because of the fucking dumbasses in my high school hated that shit. Like, bro, oh, this, this album sucks. I'm like, cool. Now I can get into Rush. Fuck you guys. <laughs> well, you, yeah, you definitely have to declare your allegiances musically in, in <laughs> high school. Or you did. I don't, maybe kids don't do that anymore. Yeah, I remember being a secret NXS fan. I was like, man, I, I don't want to take the heat for being in. I remember getting literally <laughs> dropped off. I was in a car, and my friend of mine was trying to play The Firm, and I wanted to listen to Howard Jones, and they fucking dropped me off. Really? I, to listen to Howard Jones. I, I found out later. They're like, yeah, we went out after that. I'm like, really? He fucking dropped me off because I wanted to listen to Howard Jones and he, he wanted to listen to the fucking firm. The f- wow. The f- yeah, and I got dropped off and I was like kind of pissed, but I remember just being like, fuck, fuck that. Fuck him. I'll, I'll stand by Howard Jones any fucking day. You drop me off. Fuck the firm, the... Uh, I mean, listen to the firm all day. The, Go out and fucking have fun. The bad company, Jimmy Page? Th- yeah. Yep. I I got hooked on that. That song popped into my head a while ago and I was like, why is this in my fucking head? <laughs> And I, but like Paige looks fucking so bored in that video. Like the guitar god is just kind of like yeah, he doing nothing. <laughs> Were you a Rush fan, Christian? Oh yeah, big time. Yeah. It was weird. I, I was a weird combination of, I loved Rush, but then I was lucky there was a radio station um, where I grew up called The Quake. K-U-A-K And it was In the early 80s It was kind of like K-Rock was Back then Like they were playing Really edgy For the time Very edgy stuff Like The Cure And New Order And Susie and the Banshees In Excess Bow Wow Wow Romeo Void Boingo Boingo You know that kind of stuff And um I love that That kind of, That really spoke to me But I also liked Rush And Van Halen You know I was, I was a bass player And Rush was Huge and Getty Lee was God and you know all that stuff. He is, I mean, he is a mind-blowingly great bass player. So, at 13 years old, I was just <laughs> right. What drew you to the bass? Um, I think I either wanted to play bass or guitar. I wasn't sure which one to do. And we went on uh, like family vacation to the Bahamas, and there were reggae bands everywhere. Like back then there was actual bands playing. There wasn't a DJ or whatever. Like just by the pool at the hotel, there'd be a band playing. And uh, I just was struck by how cool the bass was because it was, you know, in reggae, the bass is kind of the lead instrument. And uh, 
I would just sit there watching the bass player going, God, that's so freaking cool. I want to do that. And I, I remember, I could picture it in my head. Like, I remember the, the band that was at the pool at our hotel that had a Fender P bass, you know, a wood colored Fender P bass. I would just stare at him. And I think I made him kind of uncomfortable <laughs> staring at him. It's like, why is this kid staring at me? So when we got back home, I, I begged my dad to rent me a bass. And he was really resistant because he had bought me a, a clarinet. Yeah. Because uh, I, I played clarinet in elementary school for a couple of years, but then just, you know, there was, there was no rock music to play on clarinet. So I wanted to play bass. So anyway, he finally, he gave in and rented me a bass. <laughs> Here we are. Why did your dad want you to play clarinet? Was he like, a, I, Oh, I wanted to play oh, it. it. I, yeah. When I was in third grade or fourth grade or whatever, there was a band and you had this, the choice of the band instruments. And I thought, well, that one seems cool. I don't know. I didn't know what I was doing. <laughs> It was cool. Actually, honestly, the first couple of years, I liked playing in band. Like, I, I, you know, it was not rock music, which is what I was into really outside of school. But I loved when the band was playing together and everything was harmonizing. I was kind of blown away by that. But then after a while, you know, I, I wanted to play Van Halen songs or whatever. Yeah. You can't, you can't yeah. really do that on clarinet. Or if you could do it on clarinet, <laughs> that would be sick. But I wasn't going to be able to do it. Uh yeah, that's interesting. You were saying like you had to be declarative about what your musical tastes were in high school, which is I, oh yeah, it's At least in my high school. You were absolutely defined by what music you listened to. It was it was clicks like the metal guys were here and gals. There was the new waver kind of people like us who were into the Cure, and we thought we were so much cooler than everybody else because we knew who the Smiths were. And then there was the top forty people over here who actually liked Bruce Springsteen, and oh my god, <laughs> we would make fun of them, and you know, et cetera. <laughs> Hip-hop people. I was kind of you know. into all that too. That's so funny. Like I, That's about, I, I was too. A friend of mine played. You couldn't admit it, and I did not get it. I was just like, you, you didn't get what? A friend of mine played me playing me Black Flag for the first time, and I was just like, yeah, the punk stuff. I didn't. I, yeah, there was the punkers. I was just like, I, I guess I have my I, my childhood's not so bad. Like I have nothing to really be mad about, or like I, I just didn't <laughs> identify with being so angry about. Something. I was punk? like, I. I I don't know. Like, I mean, I guess it's rainy in Pittsburgh and that sucks. And I can be mad about that, but overall it's pretty yeah. good. Punk kind of scared would, me. If, yeah, yeah. Punk was too. super scary when I was in high school. Like if, if you went to a punk show, you I, I would have gotten fucking killed. Like the way I looked, you know, I was kind of small and I hadn't, I don't didn't have any muscles yet or anything. Like I, I knew if I went to a punk show, I would get my ass kicked really, really badly. And I would get called, called a fag a lot, which happened anyway, just at school. Yeah, me <laughs> <But> too. <laughs> <laughs> I got the shit kicked out of me and I didn't have to go to a punk show. Yeah, exactly. It was, it was bad enough just walking <laughs> through the halls past the punkers or the metal guys. Actually, I became friends with the punker guys you know, cause of skateboarding, I guess maybe. And it's same thing as Tim. They like, they would play me black flag and the circle jerks. I'm like, but the, it's so easy. Like it's cause I had started playing bass at that point. And I remember thinking it's just so easy though. Like the chords are so easy. And they were like, yeah, that's, that's the point. And just my dumb 15 year old brain couldn't get, I'm like, but, but you got to play stuff. That's like hard. You got to, it's got to be like rush or something. <laughs> they were like, dude, and they were right. <laughs> so I was just like, I just don't identify with this. Like I, yeah. I, I, uh, I don't know. Like 
Give me men at work. I don't know what the fuck. <laughs> yeah, stick with me. I like that stuff. It's great. I felt like I was certain, like, we everybody like it was the same it was like everybody listened to classic rock and zeppelin and the doors and it's like if you stepped out of it yeah and i liked jazz and all kinds of stuff and i was like but it was like you had to be closeted about it you couldn't like yeah and i did like you know like violent femmes and stuff and nobody liked that stuff yeah, yeah i remember like, uh, that wearing... was a tough go at my high school for 100 percent. i remember like i said i remember like there, there was a click of like People that like it, like I remember a dude had a jean jacket, Max and Iro, never forget it. And he had a YouTube patch or a pin or something on there. And I'm like, fuck this guy. Like, I want to know, I want to know him, but I can't risk fucking being friends with this guy. But he, he had a twin brother or something like that. And I remember it was like the early days of YouTube, like boy or something like super, super early. And I was like, fuck, I want to know that band. I want to listen to that stuff. I want to wear jean jackets like that. I want to be that dude. But I, um, you know, I just, was in a fucking no one in my clique played music everyone was a kind of like a jock or just a, you know everyone's cool i fucking love them to death but it was just like it, it would have been you know i it would it was just a weird uh there was just nobody in my fucking crew that played even played music even had musical talent like and they just li- listened to whatever their older brother listened to or something yeah like fugazi was the first time that stuff really started to resonate yeah like alternative music with or me. whatever that it like that where i was like oh there's something for me yeah that really brought me in fugazi for sure and then i went backwards from there going back to you know like minor threat or whatever because i just love fugazi so much but they 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 did something new with it they were smart because they did the punk thing but then they moved on i mean it was still punk but they did something new with it that had an emotional resonance and for me that was kind of beyond like the black flag and that kind of stuff yeah, I think you nailed it because that's how it was for me. Is like there was, there became a deeper connection than just it being pissed off. Yeah, and I felt I like never it still had that. that. It still had that as a young person. It still had that oh, that anger thing was there, but it was just way more sophisticated. I thought. Yeah, especially their later albums, like really got melodic and like experimental yeah. and i just i've yeah. I, when they broke up or stopped making albums i was like no it's <laughs> like you yeah can't do I, I this. felt the same i felt the same way but then again i thought you know what that's cool though because i'd rather have them stop than just put out records that suck and as some bands do <laughs> didn't you interview i and it, i did and i can't remember if it was we talked about it or if I in my research but he was saying like they were so intent on doing something new every album that it started taking longer and longer to make mm-hmm. albums and it became more comp- complicated and then he had kids so it also got com- and he was like I can't be away from my kids right now yeah understandable yeah but they all continue to do great work yeah there was um he put out a record with a guitar player and now I'm going blank on the name of that project. Oh, the, uh, he did with, uh, separate, like he did, uh, uh, he did something with one of the guys from Fugazi uh, whose name I'm flanking on. That was, he, or Joe Lally. Joe, he did something with Joe a couple of years ago. They did two albums. Oh. He does stuff with, uh, uh, Mike Mike White is it Mike White the drummer from Mike White oh Mike White from Dirty Three the drummer from Dirty Three oh okay Jim okay. White Jim White which I haven't wow. heard cool. so, I gotta go find this stuff <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs>
Do you think that um, he there's a price that he would do a project with Sammy Hagar? Like there's a number. <laughs> him and he'd be like, oh, okay, <laughs> fine, I'll do it. I want to see Ian McKay, and I think Ian McKay is the one who's really. St- Strict about what he does. I want to see him do something with Sammy Hagar. And I want. Yeah. And I, I want- sold my tequila company. Uh, okay, just keep it to yourself. Here we go. I, I, I see. There's a price. There's a, there's a number. If you make electric cars, you can probably afford to pay this number. But. Was that because you have done a lot of DIY stuff? Was Fugazi and that sort of movement a big influence on why you've did you moved into DIY stuff, or was that just or was am I thinking too hard? <laughs> well, no, that's a, that's a fair, a totally fair question. I mean, you know, Fugazi are super inspiring in that way and other ways. I think the DIY thing was just because we had no other choice. I mean, nobody wanted to sign us, so. I think if we had gotten offered a good record deal back in the day, we probably would have taken it if it made sense, but nobody cared about us. And but they're definitely an inspiration. They should be an inspiration to all bands. Maybe not anymore. Yeah. They're an influence on the scene. comedy it's scene. It's like when you look at them, like just selling cheap tickets and just like, fuck, okay, you can, you can, that's their one end of the spectrum that you can always just be like, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, there's a, a lot of, that there's, there's something to that. I don't get why no I was going to go into like how they were an influence on the comedy scene but that's fucking boring and no one wants to hear that (laughs) (laughs) but I'm curious because you said no one would sign you and I find that fucking crazy because obviously I like your band and you guys are great we were a two man instrumental band yeah we put out our first record I'm like are these songs done (laughs) I'm not even sure these songs are finished (laughs) but okay here we go (laughs) so yeah I would send them off. I mean, I, you know, I was putting CDs and packages and sending them to cool labels. And we would get rejection letters or no response. That just, I, that's fucking crazy to me. Like, for, it's crazy to me that no one would take an interest in you guys. And then secondly, just that approach of like just randomly sending shit off seems brutal. Well, I didn't know what else to do. I mean, like we didn't have a manager. We, we had nothing. And then we got, um, if I remember right, I think the first thing that happened for us was we got a booking agent because yeah. we, right? That's right, Tim, right? Those we yeah, because yep. That's when I felt like we were kind of legit. Yeah, we, we were booking our own shows and we got, somehow I got us a gig out in Tucson and the guy who booked it, he was the talent buyer at this club, but he also was a, a small booking agent and he really liked us a lot. And so he picked us up and that helped. And then we did end up getting it. So this is kind of a long story, but we, Tim and I were in another band called the soft lights. That band got signed by bar none out of New York. Oh, that's right. And that's how bar none kind of discovered us L 10 11. And they licensed our first record, which we had already put out ourselves. Wait, didn't we get, I feel like they were trying to get us, on their good side, signed us, and then Ron rejected them. And we ended up getting signed by Bar None, but I feel like the Softlights rejected them, and we were just like, oh, shit. No, no, you know what happened, actually, is we signed, thing that that did, I think, having that record deal, even though they didn't seem to do much, it kind of legitimized us enough that Chris, our, our booking agent at the time, was able to book our first tour 
because it seemed like we were more legit because we had a quote unquote real. Yeah. And I remember there was somebody that wanted to write a story on us. And she's like, I can't write this unless you guys are signed. My, my, the magazine won't let me write articles about unsigned bands and we got signed and she wrote, it was something like filter. It was like a legit magazine or something. I'm like, Oh shit. Okay. So stupid. That's shitty journalism. Yeah, <laughs> like who gives a fuck if they're signed? Signed. yeah it's are they good or not yeah the mc5 was on the cover of rolling stone before they had a fucking record out that's right i just funny, read but we also scammed a little bit playing with them so i kind of went down a rabbit hole reading about mc5 because i hadn't listened to them in a long time like oh my god they're they were on the cover of rolling stone back when rolling stone actually meant something <laughs> and they, they didn't have a record out <laughs> do you drink a lot on the road or is that you guys? I can't. I used to. I don't so much as much as I used to, but I used to. Still do, but I used to. I mean, to you, I've seen. I haven't seen you guys live, which bums me out. But I have watched a lot of videos, and it's like, it seems. I don't. I. I. I was exhausted watching. Let alone. Yeah. I, I mean, you guys must have to really be laser focused to get up there and do that shit. I do. I, I can't. I can't be drunk and, and play our music. Have you? I, I probably have tried, you know, kind of buzzed <laughs> years and years ago, and it was a disaster. And then I learned, no, I can't. I mean, I, I'll sip a little whiskey before we we play, but I can't be drunk. I just it's just so much for me to do and remember. I I can't. So yeah. it seems like there's like so fun. much technically, like not even yeah. playing wise, like just so much, especially for Christian to like. This needs to be on. The knob needs to be here. This needs to be this. This needs to be that. And like. Before you even play the note, there's like a fucking little checklist that he's doing yeah. that's like, if you, you know, both of us, like him way more than I, but yeah, like that's the kind of stuff that if you're just not, you know, 100%, you're, you'll overlook little things like that that can fucking sabotage the whole, you know, yeah. it's a train wreck basically. Yeah. One little thing, one knob in the wrong fucking spot can <laughs> blow up a whole song, a loop, and it make a song a train wreck. It's so true. Yeah, that's not an exaggeration. It's really true. Do you, do you find yourself that sort of folk? Like that seems like a very specific kind of brain that could handle that. I can barely get through scrambling eggs. That's not my. Yeah, I'm not. <laughs> I, I was not born to do this. <laughs> I mean, are you like that in other facets of your not life? In my fucking. It's it's not on brand. Right. <laughs> Put it that way. <laughs> but I somehow managed to fucking figure it out. I guess. Are you that organized in other aspects of your life or is everything else a train wreck? Cause like, no, I'm not a train wreck. I'm sort of organized, you know, like I, I, uh, I try to control what I can control, but I'm pretty much not stressed about shit. And I don't, you, you know, I don't like, I'm not a fucking detail person. So it, this band is a lot of details. <laughs> and so I become a detail person because I have to, because the alternative is looking like a dick in front of a bunch of people <laughs> by not sweating the details. So I just sweat the details in this and pretty much not so much in other things. Does that apply to well, you? At least, like sweating the details in this. It's, it's fun. It's like, we, we love playing this music. It's cool. Yeah, yeah. Sweating the details about, you know, this piece of equipment needs to be plugged into that one. And this one has to go over there. And if we don't do it exactly right, it's buzzing and we have to figure out why it's buzzing. Like, yeah, it, it can be stressful if we're trying to figure that out right before a show. But if we're in rehearsal, it's it's kind of it's fun. It's it's not like we're accountants trying to figure out why we're not getting the right balance on some corporate <laughs> yeah, yeah, companies. Exactly, it's, it is fun. It, it's stressful in front of people, but 
it is fucking fun and I love what we do and I love how we do it and there's no laptops and yeah. But you know, there's sleepless nights like fuck, I don't have a backup for that piece of gear and we're on fucking tour right now and if that shit doesn't work tomorrow, tomorrow's a big show. Fucking, <laughs> you know, like that that kind of stuff sucks. Yeah. <laughs> right. it's I yeah. try not to sweat it because there's not nothing that doesn't really accomplish anything, but at the same time you just you know, always thinking of contingency. Even playing a song, you're just like, okay, if I fuck this next part up and we fuck this loop up, what are we gonna do? Yeah, and we we'll fuck up like rehearsing and be like, okay, is that what we're gonna do when we fuck up? If we actually do fuck this up in front of people, is this how we're gonna handle it? And uh, we, we, you know, there's always little contingency plans for for stuff that we do. Has it ever van or fucking a song? Has it ever fucked up that horribly uh, in front of an audience? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Many times. How do you handle it? Because like, it depends. depends on what happened. Like if a piece of gear goes down. That's a showstopper, and usually we have if it's if it's our own shows we have some crew who you know like our tour manager will run out and like if if Tim's electronic drums fail let's say the tour manager will run out and they'll try to sort out all right is it a connection issue do we need to swap out his electronic drum pads with his um, spare you know something like that so while they're doing that I'll just, I'll improvise something for the audience or you know kind of be Mr. Entertainment or try to be while they're sorting that out. <laughs> <laughs> if it's a, if it's a fuck up, if it's something like where we, we messed up playing, then we have to look at each other and figure out how we're going to get through it. It's like, all right, do we go with this? Like if, if the, if the mistake is in the loop, do we go with it <laughs> and make that the new thing? Or do I erase the loop live while we're playing and we replay it? You know, we just, we, Tim and I have a really good artistic shorthand with each other. I mean, it's probably natural, but also because we've been together for 20 years. So there's a lot, you know, one eyebrow raised at each other. We, we know what the other guy's thinking. Plus we, I have some little hand signals for him. Yeah. And stuff. So and I'll try not to make it look like I looked. Yeah. <laughs> I, don't know. I just, I don't know. I just feel like it's like, eh. that's why I always, I, I like, I'm always on stage. Right. So that, I, if I'm looking at my bass neck, I can just look right up from it at him instead of turning my head. If I was on the other side of the yeah. stage, I'd have to turn my head over my shoulder, you know, little things like that. Is 20 years sound crazy to you? Cause like you just a matter of minutes ago, you were talking about sending out your shit yourself and DIY. And now that you've been t- together 20 years, is that kind of like, I mean, I'm shocked. My wife has been with me for eight. <laughs> <laughs> yeah we, we've outlasted a couple marriages for sure yeah that's have, not literally <laughs> uh it is kind of crazy but at the, at the same time it's just two of us and i don't understand why everybody else doesn't do it too it's like yeah. just stay like if you really want to do this and you want to play music and you're pretty good at it just fucking stay together and and something will happen someone will give a shit and you'll you know uh i don't know i guess people overthink things and Boy, that's the fucking truth. Yeah, it's almost like part of why we probably lasted this long is we don't overthink. I mean, I'm just speaking for myself here, but probably Tim feels the same way. To me, it's just normal. Like, we just, okay, we're having band practice. Okay, we're having that interview today. Okay, now, like, it just feels really normal. I mean, when I actually really think it's been 20 years, it's like, yeah, that is crazy. Most bands don't even come close. But in our day-to-day life, it feels super normal to me. I don't know. Yeah. It does. You said there's, some- And there's also no singer. Yeah. So I, I will chalk it up to that. <laughs> Pretty for much. Sure. 100%. Uh, is that shorthand for no egotistical asshole? 
Yeah, but also <laughs> I've never, I mean, like I haven't been long-term in a band with a singer in so long that like, just like little things like, uh, it's cold in the Midwest, my throat, so it's like, <laughs> like, I just, I can't imagine having to deal with that shit. I mean, I, I get it, but it's just like, yeah, we don't, you know, yeah, we, like the drama queen stuff. Yeah. It's good. just like, it's so fragile. So fucking fragile. Yeah. fragile Although, that's a great word. I'm sure Christian would like having somebody else fucking maybe just handle the mic every now and then <laughs> while he's tuning, he has to be fucking talking and entertaining people. <laughs> you said something interesting in an interview, Christian, about how a lot of, and I, this was about your album. I think it was around tautology came out. You said, did I pronounce that correctly? I'm yeah. okay. I'm an idiot. So sometimes I fuck up. Um, but like a lot of bands peak in their twenties and around that album, you were saying like you were hitting a new stride as a band and creatively. Is there a reason do you think that you have such longevity? Well, we just named a bunch of reasons, but as far as the creativity goes, I think if you, if you're like us and you're not playing music, that's necessarily trendy that, you know, like there was, let's say in 2007 ish electro was really cool. Or I thought it was really cool. And that's not even called electro anymore, but electronic dance music had a thing there for a year or two where it was a very specific kind of electronic music that I happened to, that's why I'm using this example because I happened to love it at the time. And the bands or artists that were really big at that time in that style of music are just gone now mostly because that trend wasn't trendy anymore and no one was interested in that kind of music anymore. So I think part of why creatively we're still going is we never really fit into one of those trends that was blowing up at the time, which actually has been kind of hard because we you know trying to get on festivals and try to trying to be opening for other bands and stuff like that. Like, at, you know, to use that as an example, when the electro thing was going, you know, it was pretty hard for us to get on a show that, or a festival that was that stuff. Cause we had basses and real guitars, you know, even though some of our music is super dancey or if we did get on one of those shows, you know, we would walk out on stage and I'd be hand <laughs> holding a double neck guitar and these kids who were into elect electronic music would just look and be like, what is that? I do not want to hear a guitar right now. And I'm like, I'm with you. I don't either. I freaking hate guitar, <laughs> but listen to what we do. We do something new with it, you know? Um, so I think part of why we've lasted so long is we're, we weren't just stuck in into one particular genre that just is just not interesting anymore. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. And I also kind of feel like I've always said, it's like, I always feel bad for bands that blow up, you know, like first record is fucking huge and they're playing arenas or whatever theaters or whatever. And then they come back down to earth and they just have a normal trajectory from there on. But it's like, how do you, how do you play clubs after you've been playing arenas on your own Yeah, and not let it get to you? So we've never played arenas. So, you know, like, so we, we fucking, it's, it's always been a, a slow build with us. And it's like, we're always still hungry, you know, like we still fucking love doing it, but there's no, like, should we, does no one give a shit anymore? It's like, no, the people that give a shit, give a shit. And that's great. And that's, and we always give a shit. So, you know, I guess we always end up finding our people, but, um, we're going to do it no matter what. Yeah. I guess. yeah. You know, we don't need to like, 
being in an arena and we're not doing it for, uh, I don't know, the chicks or something. Yeah, Whatever. I, I find it weird. That I am. You are. Good. <laughs> <laughs> I just think it's weird that, too, there's such an emphasis on create being like the 20, like, because you said, like, yeah, a lot of people peak in their 20s. It's like, I feel like as a person who creates, I didn't know what the fuck I was doing in my 20s. Oh, my God, Not I until know. my 40s yeah, did I, I was an idiot. Like, yeah. Imagine your body of work that people know is from your 20s. Oh, my fuck. And you're, like, our age now, like, fuck. Oh. I mean, there's a little bit of, like, recklessness and, like, youthful spirit that's cool that you'll never be able to have, <laughs> which is... Something to that. There's definitely something to that. But otherwise, it's like fuck. When I was in my twenties, I sucked. Oh, a friend of mine. But you know, if I played drums and fucking, I don't know, whatever, like a classic rock band, and I had to listen to that shit all the time, like ah. Oh, I thought I was Lenny Bruce. It was fucking embarrassing. (laughs) (laughs) And a friend of mine has a tape, and I'm just like, uh, and like I'll come over to his house, and he'll be like look what I got. And I'm like, fuck off, man. Like, <laughs> fuck. Like, I can't watch it. It's that bad. Really? There's nothing like, the, you're oh, not like, oh, nothing redeemable. Nothing. Like, um. In that set, like I had it, things in that era. I was, I definitely find acceptable and good, but like overall, I didn't know what the fuck I was doing. <laughs> Nobody does in their twenties. Generally. That's why I'm glad we didn't have cell phones back then. I, I would be haunted by all the shit. Oh fuck! I'd be ruined. <laughs> canceled. Oh yeah, <laughs> I'd 100 percent be canceled. 100. percent I'd be working in a stable under a fake name. Like that's. <laughs> is the is the new album? The new album's out, right? Yes, it is. I listened to it this morning. What yeah. the fuck's wrong with me? oh i know what i wanted to ask you christian you said you were afraid to try mushrooms and acid why is that uh well i've done mushrooms um they're actually my first mushroom experience was really i loved it because i was camping with some friends and i got up in front they everybody was sitting down and i got up in front of the um, fire and I pretended I had a mic and I did a comedy routine <laughs> and I was completely completely improvising it maybe didn't even make any sense but my, my audience who were all also on shrooms were dying yeah. they were crying they were laughing so I was crushing I was having the best set ever and I <laughs> If there was a recording of it, it, would, it probably wasn't funny at all. Or maybe it was just total. I think I might have just been impersonating comp comedians, like going, uh, so, you know, what's the deal with coffee makers? Am I right? You know, or whatever. Who's that, Rodney? And um, it was, I crushed. And I remember as I was doing it going, oh my God, this is what it feels like to be a really good comedian and be crushing. This is amazing. And it was all drug, you know, it's, I wasn't really crushing it. But I remember thinking, oh my God, I'd love to be a stand-up comic who's, who's crushing it. It's, it's the best feeling. It was amazing. But anyway, uh, mushrooms. So um, I don't like pot. And marijuana makes me feel paranoid and anxious. And people who like pot are like, oh, dude, you got you to try a sativa. No, I don't. I don't like pot. I'm happy for you that you like it. That's cool. It's not my thing. I don't like it. And I just feel like if I can't handle smoking pot, how on earth would I handle acid? <laughs> oh, it would be a nightmare. That wouldn't turn off for hours. And it's like, oh, no, that one's not for me. Oh, see, I'm the same way. And I'm. it's so weird that potheads are always like, no, oh, man, you're not trying the right strain. And, yeah. and I'm like, I'm convinced. I've tried it all and it doesn't yeah. work. But acid, pretty fucking great. 
<laughs> yeah, that's the thing. It might be amazing, actually, but I wouldn't. I'll never know. Yeah, I never had a bad trip either. So, like, I but I could imagine if that goes south, you're in Oof. for it's. Br- yeah. I don't want to be under a table crying. No. Thank How you. about just being on acid and your mom calling? That's uh, <laughs> I, 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 the that's first... somewhat in there. It's in the range of like, oh, uh, okay. I'm that not would be that phone. would be even crazier I'm because my mom is dead. Talk to her again, here we go. <laughs> <laughs> We're doing this. Uh, yeah, I think the first ketamine. Time. Now. I think ket- everyone should try ketamine. Have that's you done ketamine? It's, it's it's maybe the most un- it's it's even better than acid, and you get breakthroughs and shit. Like I had one of the best times of my life maybe taking is that the horse tranquilizer or some kind of shit oh when you put it that way dude it makes it sound like (laughs) (laughs) all right so yes maybe horses like it i don't know i don't know i don't own one but i I do know that a friend of mine had it and i tried it and it was wonderful i probably would have tried it at some point it's great it is there's actually ketamine clinics here when you go up the 405 by the getty there's an adopt the freeway sign that says ketamine clinics of like California or something like that. So you go into a room and they, you know, probably IV or how, however they do it. And I imagine it's fucking amazing. Cause the time I tried it, I literally, I did, I connected dot like things connected in my brain of life. Like it was fucking unbelievable. I feel like everybody need like, Every once in a while, you need to do mushrooms and just sort of like be like, "All right, I need to refresh my perspective and get some shit in order." Kinda. I agree. Like it does kind of uh, reset your brain a little bit. Um, Ket- and ketamine—that's uh, legal to go to ketamine clinics. Yeah, I get, yeah. Apparently so. Like it's yeah. There's ketamine, ketamine it's clinics like, ketamine of like Santa Monica or whatever the hell it is. It, it, I've never done it. Like I said, but uh, I mean, I've never done the clinics, but I want to. We should go. Uh, yeah, I'll do it. I'd be into that. I also want to go to Costa Rica or wherever and do, is it ayahuasca? Uh, see, that shit scares me. Because no, I, think I, you, I heard you shit yourself when you do that. <laughs> I'm not shitting myself. I don't need ayahuasca to shit myself. You might throw up, though. I don't, want, I don't need to be that high. Yeah, I mean, I guess you can wear a diaper. It's fine. Whatever. I don't know. <laughs> Haven't you ever had like a, a binge on cheap beer and then shit yourself? Or am I just revealing too much information? <laughs> Look, man. What? <laughs> I, people. Are, <laughs> I don't know. I've been poor. I've lived on fast food and booze. What can I say? I've had some errors. I've been there. Yeah. Well, this is a good place to quit. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect ending. <laughs> yeah, Landed in this mountain. Went places I never thought we'd go. Thank cool. you. Thank you very much, guys. I All right, man. Thank man. you so much. Thank you. Have a good one. Thank you very much for listening to Conversations with Dwyer. Please become a Patreon subscriber. Also, rate and review the show and tell your friends about the show. The best advertising and the best thing you could do to help me is tell people to listen to the show. Thank you very much, and have a good day.